Healing into Consciousness Radio reveals a mystic's viewpoint on personal growth and transformation. Albert, a seasoned broadcaster, and Mata, internationally acclaimed master healer, teacher, and multi-award-winning author, explore both the dark and light sides of our human nature. They candidly talk about things most people shy away from, discussing our struggles with anger, jealousy, sex, insecurity, self-loathing, and fear of death. They discuss the meaning of awakening and what we need to do to transform our shadow and find the light of our true being. Through her compassionate guidance, Mata answers questions regarding your personal challenges with specific suggestions on how you too can heal into consciousness. And now, here are your hosts, Albert and Mata. Welcome. You're listening to Healing into Consciousness Radio, where, from a modern-day mystic's point of view, we discuss everyday challenges and the practical ways on how to transform them. My name is Albert, and I'm here each and every week with the modern-day mystic and award-winning best-selling author, Eliza Mata Dalian who also just happens to be an internationally acclaimed master healer and the founder of the Lightspeed Dalian Method, which is an evolutionary healing modality that can quickly identify and miraculously erase old beliefs and imprints from the body's cellular memory for the purpose of accelerating healing and transformation on the journey that is from darkness into light, my co-host is currently in the process of publishing her latest book and CD set, which will offer a revolutionary master key for self-healing and the new humanity. Look for the book and CD set called Healing into Consciousness with the Dalian Method in 2012. We want to make sure that you have all the tools of transformation for the shift in consciousness that is to come, because you know what? You are it. Now is the time, and you are the place. And like you said, Mata, in your book, In Search of the Miraculous, the sooner you transform your unconsciousness into consciousness, the sooner you can start enjoying life, and the more fulfilling and joyful it will become. Uh, As you know, if you've been following us, uh, we are dedicating... um, an eight-part series on the greatest advocate of discovering the ultimate joy of your eternal being. His message was not a doctrine, not a philosophy, but rather a certain alchemy, a science of transformation. And today, Mata and I will continue this eight-part series on the greatest Buddha of this century. And I speak of Osho, of course, who is most known for his revolutionary contribution to the science of inner transformation. He continues to inspire millions of people worldwide in their search to define a new approach to individual spirituality that is self-directed and responsive to the everyday challenges of contemporary life. And during this series, Osho, the most rebellious and controversial mystic of all times, we are introducing and discussing some of Osho's latest books and interviewing people who have been with him for a a long time and those who have just recently discovered him. Today we will discuss Osho's book, Being in Love, How to Love with Awareness and Relate Without Fear. I'm certainly looking to a mystic's point of view on love. I think uh, as a lot of mystics echo, the world is in dire need of love. Somehow we just don't seem to find it, and it seems to be uh, in short supply. So to get some kind of a, like a, an eagle's perspective on love, 
not only from Osho, but also from a living mystic. I think this is going to be a really good show, and I just hope that it um, is as controversial and rebellious as uh, Osho himself was. Is. Or is. <laughs> okay. Yes. Hello, everybody. You know, I, I, reading this book, Mata, it, w- it was fascinating. In the introduction to What is Love, Osho states that it is unfortunate that we have to ask this question, what is love? Like somebody asking, he jokes, what is food? Love, he says, is the food of the soul, but we have been starved. And I can only imagine what love would be like without many of our false, fixed, or rigid beliefs um, that love has to be experienced in a specific way, with a specific person, at a specific time in life, yada, yada, yada. It seems like we put ourselves in a box. And what Osho really makes profoundly clear is that we are slaves. Uh, we are bound by our conditionings of what or what we think or what we feel that love is. We're, we're totally off base. And it's funny how, you know, Osho starts on this question. It's unfortunate that we have to ask the question. And he ends with the definition of a higher love, which is being love itself. You're somehow embodying it. And it's not an I-thou or an I-it affair, but something that is really transcendent, something, quite frankly, that I can't even understand. So I welcome your mystic's point of view on all this, Mata. Well, love... Love, just as our being, is part of our nature. And because it's our nature, this is where, just like a seeker who's seeking for uh, self-realization and enlightenment, the same way we're seeking for love without realizing that we are love and without realizing that we need to find it within ourselves, that it's already there. And as Osho says, in the book very eloquently, love cannot be learned. It cannot be cultivated. The cultivated love will not be love at all. It will not be a real rose. It will be a plastic flower. When you learn something, it means something comes from the outside. It is not an inner growth. And love has to be your inner growth if it is to be authentic and real. Love is not a learning but a growth. What is needed on your path is not to learn the way of love, but to unlearn the ways of unlove. The hindrance have to be removed. The obstacles have to be destroyed. The love is your natural, spontaneous being. Once the obstacles are removed, the rocks thrown out of the way, the flow starts. It is already there, hidden behind many rocks, but the spring of love is already there. It is your very being. So with this, of course, he goes on to explain through the whole book to what those obstacles are and how to recognize them, how to uh, to work with them, understand them. So ultimately, then the work becomes not to learn how to love, but to learn what prevents us from actually being in a state of love. This almost and sounds like a commercial for, for <laughs> excuse me for saying, like the Dalian method, because it seems like a, a negative process in which you're peeling the onion and you're going back to a certain kind of 
original state. Is that true? That's precisely how, how the Dalian method works. Basically, it goes into all the blockages and starts removing those beliefs and thought forms and conditionings that are in the body that are like programs, they're imprinted based on the memories and experiences and starts removing them. And once that happens, it's magic how how people immediately feel that state of love and gratitude and forgiveness because that's that's what connects us and in that is how healing happens. So yes, thank you for making that parallel because that's exactly exactly how the Dalian method works. And so to to continue talking about the book and the multidimensional vision that Osho brings and he's one rare being that he's not afraid to call a spade a spade. And he's not here to please anybody's egos. He's not here to, you know, flatter us, but he's here to wake us up. And his writings, his talks reflect that. And so uh, hopefully we'll we'll try to bring a little flavor of Osho and his teachings through this hour that we have. Right. You're listening to Healing into Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata. And we have a modern-day mystic's point of view on the greatest mystic of all time, Osho. And we will continue with this exciting conversation, as well as maybe getting into some of the reasons why we have trouble loving. If you'd like further information on Osho himself, you can go to osho.com. And if you'd like some information uh, on Mata's website, it's matadallion.com. Dot com And please visit the calendar of events page there for further information on upcoming interviews and topics on this eight-part series. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back as we continue with Healing into Consciousness Radio right after this. A new Healing into Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata. We're talking about uh, Osho's being in love, how to love with awareness and relate without fear. And it's uncanny how Osho's work, Mata, parallels your own in the sense that what he says that we have to do in terms of love is to deconstruct love because we've been poisoned. Uh, As I quote from Osho, he says... By the time you are ready to explore the world of love, you are filled with so much rubbish about love that there is not much hope for you to be able to find the authentic and discard the false. End of quote. So his basic direction is that there's nothing to learn, and all that is needed is to unlearn the ways of love. And he suggests some radical steps, uh, three, as a matter of fact, at the beginning of the book, where he says... First, you first have to get rid of your parents. And the second thing is don't expect perfection and don't ask and don't demand. And the third, give and give without any condition, and then you will know what love is. From a mystic's point of view, Mata, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I think the first, even though it might sound strange, get rid of your parents, doesn't mean that, you know, disown your parents. What he's trying to say is that you need to see 
what what your initial imprint has been that has come from your parents because obviously as a child we always learn from the circumstances in our family and and from our parents behavior and uh, I remember in my own childhood there was two models for me a model of unconditional love that came from my grandmother and this gave me an experience and understanding what unconditional love is which means a total acceptance of my being and total respect to who I am and this is what I felt from my grandmother I felt she she respected me and I felt she completely accepted me and gave me that nurturing that every child is needing and this was the the perfect model for love for me whereas through my parents I did not learn anything of love and on the contrary what I saw as a child I saw my parents arguing continually this um, you know not really respecting each other so there was that model of disrespect and the, the, there was the model of no connection I didn't feel any connection from my parents and because together as a couple they were not connected they weren't able to give me as a child any nourishment and any love so if I was just to grow with my parents, with parents who themselves didn't know how to love, obviously, and didn't have the model of my grandmother, I wouldn't have known how to love either. And I would have continued behaving the same way as my parents do. And uh, frankly, as I did my personal work and peeling away those layers, I had to do exactly that. I had to cut off all these imprints that had come from my parents because I could see that in certain situations where I was actually behaving the same way. But fortunately, when that that first experience of unconditional love is there is where also when I, at the age of 24, 25, I came across Osho, I could really recognize someone who was also sharing and giving that unconditional love. So which goes beyond any kind of dogma, any kind of conditioning, any kind of belief system. And every child knows, they know, they feel it. And this is what, through his work and through this book, there's many gems here where Osho explains the steps, what we need to do and how to recognize those things that we have taken on from our parents and um, so yes the first step would be to as you said maybe you might want to repeat those steps Albert and then I think what Osho was getting at uh, when he said get rid of your parents he goes on to say that that's it get rid of your parents that's what I wanted to yeah well what he's saying actually is by doing so you get rid of your um civilization, your education, everything, because your parents represent all of that. And you talk about this in your book, In Search of the Miraculous Healing into Consciousness, when you address uh, the breaking of the three veils uh, and the illusions and that, that negative work that is finding one's core self, that inner being where you strip away all those conditionings. Uh, I think Osho, even in, in the same book, he mentioned... Um, George uh, Gurchev, 
who say, who had this kind of phrase uh, on the wall that said, unless you are at ease with your mother and father, don't bother staying here and doing work with me. That's that's so true. And in order for someone to actually be able to come to that spiritual awakening, that baggage definitely needs to be transformed. And I, I can say that with my personal work with people through through my um, the Dalian healing method, that every time that there is an issue, whatever issue, and there's so many issues interconnected that people work through, that the the ultimate core will always come to the child, the inner child, as um, many call it, that has issues with the parents. And those issues need to be resolved. And you'll be surprised. People are in their 50s, 60s, even 70s, and still carrying some of those wounds from the childhood. And those wounds obviously prevent them from experiencing the true love, finding that love, as we said initially, which is in the being, which is the natural state. And, uh, and of course, the law of attraction says that if you believe that you're not loved, that if you um, carry resentment and anger, you're going to attract that. So, therefore, in order for the outer world to change, we do need to come into that inner, uh, we need to heal the inner child. We need to find what are what has been the relationship with your parents. And obviously all those resentments and all the pain and anger needs to dissolve into understanding, forgiveness, and compassion. And this is where growth happens. And this is what Osho talks about. He talks love is a growth. And this is this is the only way that love can start growing. <laughs> yeah. He says quite quite amusingly how we all move from one womb to another womb. And that's with a W. You know, like we're in our mother's womb and and then we're kicked out after nine months and then we go to uh, into a family atmosphere, which is another womb, and then we go to school, which is another womb, and then we uh, one day we come out of that and we, uh, we go into the larger world and the, the womb of our jobs and stuff like that. So these are things that influence, influence us uh, tremendously. And to become an individual, we have to become conscious of those things that that have tied us down and those conditionings that 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 keep us from being uh, authentic so in other words if you want to be loved you need to learn to love this is very fundamental and so in order to be able to learn to love you need to see what are the obstacles that prevent you from actually being able to give love it's funny because, and it seems kind of paradoxical, if not confusing, where you know the first thing he says is become an individual, okay, by 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 letting go of certain conditionings and and dropping dropping them. The second thing he says is don't expect perfection and don't ask and don't demand. And then the third thing is give and give without any condition. So, am I hearing you right if I say okay, somebody who hasn't had a nurturing environment has trouble loving if he really want he or she wants the love you start giving it unconditionally 
give what you want. Is is that is that correct advice? That's correct, but it's very difficult to do that before you start actually first peeling away those layers of pain and you know the wounds start healing the wounds and the first step would be to heal the wounds so that transformation internally can happen to a point of recognition the recognition comes when there is forgiveness and there is understanding and compassion and in that state then you're able to actually give without really thinking that I'm giving because it's not a mental process. It's not, you know, you're mentally going to say, okay, I'm going to, today I'm going to, you know, go and start giving love. It's just, it doesn't work that way. It has to be an inner alchemy that will naturally bring you there. But to get to that, to create that alchemy, that inner transformation needs to first happen. You're listening to a modern-day mystic talk and speak about the greatest mystic of all times, Osho, as we uh, continue with this uh, eight-part series on the most radical, the most controversial Buddha of all time, Osho. And you're listening to Healing into Consciousness Radio, and we'll be back right after this. Why does my heart Why does my soul feel so blessed? Okay, welcome back to Healing Into Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata. We are discussing some of Osho's statements, controversial statements, uh, albeit at that, from his book, Being in Love. And we talked about the essential steps to loving and there's an interesting section here about, um, well, first of all, the book is populated or riddled with uh, all sorts of interesting questions and answers. And one of the questions, Mata, is on intimacy, where um, the questionnaire asks, would you please talk more about what you mean by intimacy, particularly when staying together through difficult times in a marriage or partnership positive and when it is negative? And uh, Osho goes on to say that marriage is a way to avoid intimacy. Woohoo! And uh, he says it is a very secure and safe place to be, but one can get very stuck there. And do you want to talk about this, Mana? Well, I think read on because uh, everybody who's listening can relate with, with those. Yeah. Okay, let me read this. Uh, How Mm -hmm. to decide. If your intimacy is helping you to grow and to become mature, then it is positive and good and healthy and wholesome. If it is destructive and it is not allowing you to become mature, rather it is helping you to remain childish, immature, then it is unhealthy. Any relationship that keeps you childish is destructive. Get out of it. Osho says, any relationship that gives you challenges to grow, to go on an adventure, to go deeper and higher into life. I am not saying that a positive partnership or marriage will not have problems. It will have more problems than the negative. A positive relationship will have more problems because everyday new challenges will be there. But each time a problem is solved, you will have gone a little higher each time a challenge is taken, you will find something has become integrated in your being. I can go on here and say a negative relationship has no problems, 
were at the most pseudo-problems, so-called problems, not real problems. And I think before you go on, maybe it's good to, to clarify what Osha means by negative and positive, because it might appear that a positive relationship has no problems whatsoever. But what he means by positive, it's a positive relationship. In other words, it's it's positive in a sense that it has a potential for growth. It has a potential for intimacy. It has a potential for um, evolution into greater consciousness. And a negative relationship is a kind of a relationship that is finite. There's no possibility of growth. It's It's almost like two people are living together, they might might have been married for years and years and years, but they don't really know each other, they don't really communicate, they're very mechanical, nothing stirs, everything is just, you know, day-to-day, just a routine, and a uh, wife is doing their, her own thing, the husband is doing his own thing, and there is no real intimate connection, so there is no ups and downs, there is nothing that disturbs them. So in that sense, it's a negative relationship because it does not give any opportunity for growth. Whereas the positive relationship, there's many problems that arise simply because it's a more alive and living union, and and obviously that would stir many things that each person needs to look at and um, take the opportunity to introspect and to see what exactly is being stirred and how how each person individually can transform their own consciousness. So, um, and I think Osha goes on to speak about the intimacy to how the intimacy, or what he means by intimacy. Intimacy is also very much misunderstood. Many times we think of intimacy as like a Cinderella story. It's like a Cinderella symptom in our belief that intimacy means living happily ever after. But that's not really what intimacy is all about. What intimacy is about is absolute honesty. Because without honesty, it's impossible to be intimate. To be intimate means you you pour your heart out. You you speak exactly what's going on inside you. You don't hide. Yeah, as Osho said in in the book, intimacy means that there is no privacy. You don't carry anything private now. At least with the other person you are intimate with, you drop your privacy. You are nude and naked. He says, good, bad, whatever you are, you open your heart, and whatever the cost you pay for it whatever the trouble you go through with it, that brings growth. So Osho, like yourself, advocates honesty as, as a very prime element in, in terms of, of going inside and uh, peeling that onion. Uh, that's right. And also, you know, um, in that uh, specific question that he's answering, he also brings a very uh, juicy example that many times, you know, stirs people uh, on their growth in in relationships and he says for example if you are or I don't know if you like to read that passage Albert maybe directly from Osho's words might be more interesting the the positive relationship will face real problems for example yeah that one Mm -hmm. the positive relationship will face real problems for example if you are angry or sad you will be sad in front of your wife you will not smile a false smile and you will say I am sad this has to be faced If walking on the road with your wife you see a beautiful woman pass by and a great desire and longing arises in your heart, 
You will tell your wife that this woman created a great desire, stirred your heart. <laughs> Part of me would say, no, you wouldn't do that, Albert. You would be in big trouble. <laughs> uh-huh. Go on. But, but he goes on to say, you will not avoid her. You will not take your eyes away or pretend that you have not seen the woman at all. Whether you pretend or not, your wife has already noticed it, which is probably true. Uh, it is impossible for her not to know because immediately your energy, your presence changes. There are real problems. Just getting married to a woman doesn't mean that you are no longer interested in any other woman. In fact, the day you are not interested in any other woman, you will not be interested in your wife either. Why? For what? What has your wife got that is special? If you are no longer interested in woman, you will not be interested in your wife either. You are in love with her because you are in love with women. Still, your wife is a woman. And sometimes you come across another woman who enchants you. You will say it and you will face the turmoil that will arise. It is not trivia because it will create jealousy. It will create a struggle. It will disturb all peace, and you will not be able to sleep at night. The wife will be throwing pillows at you, <laughs> if not anything else. <laughs> That's so, so kind. This is, I think this is a very misunderstood point and very controversial point at that, because it's true not just for, for men, it's also true for women. And, and what happens, these, these kind of things go on in every person's mind, although you know, they don't get enacted. Uh, many times they do get enacted. But what's really important here to understand is the, what he's saying is the importance of being truthful. And simply because, you know, you find somebody else attractive or beautiful does not mean that you're going to leave your wife and, you know, go off with another woman because this woman might not be interested in you, even though, you know, you appreciate and might be interested in her. What this simply means is by you being open and honest, you provide an environment where both of you can actually come closer together and start actually appreciating each other more. And this is how love can grow because ultimately love has to be the true love has to be unconditional and it has to accept the other and both people need to accept each other the same way because, you know, life is full of flowers and if you're walking in a garden and you say, well, I appreciate this flower but I, but I, I you know, don't want to look at any other flower because I like this flower, I'm with this flower, that kind of doesn't seem natural. Obviously, each flower has its own beauty, and it needs to be appreciated in its own beauty. But doesn't mean that you have to cut the whole garden and take it home with you. Well, these thoughts and ideas are wildly radical, um, as some people might suggest. Well, they're radical, but at the same time, they're so true that nobody can really deny them. Everybody feels those emotions. Everybody feels the jealousy. Everybody feels that, uh, you know, sense of uh, wanting to possess and, and wanting to belong. But these are natural emotions that we all experience. So, but through denying them is not how we, how we can grow into love. To be able to grow into love, we need to accept those emotions and we, we need to be truthful to how we feel and what we think. Right. 
This kind of echoes your work on healing the wounded ego, which you talk about so well in your book, In Search of the Miraculous. Well, again, my method completely works with what is uh, without denying and without needing to change anything. It works with when we work with what is, honestly and sincerely, transformation happens and consciousness grows into a place where we ultimately come to that inner aloneness where we actually come to the place of self-love without which no outer love is really possible. Mm-hmm. We're in conversation with Eliza Matadalian, a modern-day mystic, and uh, whose comments are very perceptive in the sense that is one mystic talking about another mystic, and that mystic, the greatest Buddha of this century, Osho. When we come back, we'll go from relationship to relating, and we'll comment about love as a state of being when we continue with Healing into Consciousness Radio. Oh, and just a reminder, if, you, uh, if you'd like further information on Osho, you can go to osho.com. Mata's website is matadalian.com, and we are also available on Facebook, Healing into Consciousness Radio, where you can like us on Facebook. We'll be right back, right after this. In wonder, I stand in wonder. Welcome back to Healing into Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata. We're talking about Osho's book, Being in Love. And the subtitle is kind of interesting, uh, especially when we relate it back to what you just said in the last break, Mata. How to love with awareness and relate without fear. So I've just learned how to be completely honest in my relationship, um, regardless of what happens. But <laughs> I'm still, I've got some trepidation here because I'm still struggling without, uh, with some fear. And I guess that fear would be logically uh, something to do with being accepted for what I'm seeing or what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking and the fear to express it in the way that I might be not well received. Well, the fear is very deep and the fear comes from your very childhood because in your childhood you were not accepted for telling the truth and you knew that your parents wanted you to behave a certain way, uh, to do a certain do things certain way, to say, to behave. And so as a child, you learned to lie, you learned to manipulate. And therefore, what we do as adults, we do the same thing because we know if we actually are honest and are truthful and follow our own inner truth, then we're either criticized or rejected and not accepted. And everybody, every child wants to be loved, wants to be accepted. And the grown-ups are small children who are still looking for that same love and acceptance and therefore mechanically continue the same uh, manipulative behavior as we were when we were children. 
And why we do that? Because we forget that we're not children anymore and we forget that we're not helpless. We forget that we have the power to choose to live the way we want. And obviously, we do want intimacy. We do want closeness and we do want love. We long for what is our nature. We long to return home. And every single person longs for the same thing. So what those barriers that we talked about, you know, the, the first of all, honesty and all the emotions of um, jealousy and fear. You mentioned fear. So the fear is the way to deal with it, basically to understand where the fear comes from, understand that it's ultimately the fear of being rejected and and, uh, thinking that you'll be left alone, but it's all an illusion. So once you understand that illusion, then all you have to do is take a risk and do what the fear tells you not to do. Take a risk to be honest. Take a risk to be open. Take a risk to be sincere. And of course, taking a risk also means that as an adult, you are ready and willing to take responsibility for the consequences. But how do you know the difference between being honest in your expression and throwing stuff onto another person? Uh, Because you know that your honesty is going to hurt the receiver. And how do you how do you navigate that that fuzzy area? Well, this is another great misconception. We think that, well, I, I can't be honest because I don't want to hurt this person. But actually, we do hurt a person by not being honest. And we rob not only the other of the opportunity to grow, but we rob ourselves of the rob opportunity to grow. So basically, we do a disservice by our dishonesty. We do a disservice both to ourselves and the person we quote-unquote, love or don't want to hurt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that alone is, is a, a very, you know, huge and necessary understanding to recognize that, well, look look inside yourself and, and say to yourself, would I rather have this person be nice to me or be true to me, be honest with me? What would you prefer? So well, <laughs> if, if you think that you'd rather not hear the truth because you don't want to feel disturbed, then obviously there's nothing that could be done and you are in a negative relationship as we defined it earlier. And if you feel that I'd rather grow and, and I want to I want to grow, I want to become more conscious, I want to be free and I want my intimacy and my love to grow, then obviously your answer is going to be, I would rather have the truth right. than you know, being, be uh, lied to. I'd rather go through that discomfort of feeling those emotions that, that disturb me because I know when I start feeling them, there's something that can that can happen. Some kind of a growth can happen through that. It, it's like gold; it needs to go through fire before the gold can be uh, harvested out of all mm-hmm. the impurities. So, same thing is with our spiritual growth, our personal growth. We have to go through fire in turn, uh, you know, in terms of all the turmoil that we go through, and that's how we are going to be finding our our authentic being our authentic self and 
that's how actually we are going to find the love, the pure love and, and compassion within ourselves. Mm. Perhaps a lot of our fears are predicated on our fear of being alone. And uh, it might be uh, apropos here to leave the audience with one final quote from Osho, in which he said, the capacity to be alone is the capacity to love. It may look paradoxical to you, but it is not. It is an existential truth. Only those people who are capable of being alone are capable of love, of sharing, of going into the deepest core of the other person without possessing the other, without becoming dependent on the other, without reducing the other to a thing, and without becoming addicted to the other. They allow the other absolute freedom because they know that if the other leaves, they will be as happy as they are now. Their happiness cannot be taken by the other because it is not given by the other. Then why do they want to be together? It is no longer a need. It is a luxury. Try to understand that, Osho says. Real persons love each other as a luxury. It is not a need. They enjoy sharing. They have so much joy, they would like to pour it into somebody, and they know how to play their life as a solo instrument. Very profound. Beautifully said. Nothing nothing needs to be added to that. Very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, on that note, um, we hope the show has been an inspiration on love to you, the listener, and will inspire you in your search of the miraculous next week we'll uh, continue our eight-week series on osho with visits from two men from osho international and uh, i'm speaking of klaus stieg who is uh, director of osho publications and anil chadwani who is digital and social media expert who um, sort of uh, is instrumental in putting uh, osho or, or, or making Osho available to a new and younger generation. And uh, you can visit Mata's current events page on our website, uh, matadalian.com, to find further details on our series on Osho. As well, you can find out some details on Mata's teleclass. And this is where you can ask Mata for personal questions about your journey. And uh, as you know, Mata has an ability to see into your unconscious and identify the self-sabotaging thoughts that block your energy and cause your ailments. I've said this all along, Mata, that your work is very, very complementary to Osho's. And I respect, I really respect and appreciate your work by reading Osho and vice versa. It's, uh, you guys uh, really have a nice symbiotic relationship happening. If you want to purchase Osho's book, just go to Amazon.com, and that is also the place where you can also purchase In Search of the Miraculous Healing into Consciousness, where if you buy Mana's book, as well as her No Yes Active Meditation CD, you have um, access to a free teleclass, which is underway October 8th. And if you'd like further details, uh, visit Monadalian.com. Thank you for listening, and join us once again next Monday on Healing into Consciousness Radio.
You've been listening to Healing into Consciousness Radio with Albert and Mata. Tune in each Monday at noon Pacific time to continue to explore both the dark and light sides of our human nature. For more information about the Dalian Method or to get your copy of Mata's award-winning book, In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness, or the No Yes Active Meditation CD, visit www.dalianmethod.com. That's www.dalianmethod.com.